you have to be at the position where you have a great idea. It's just that your your idea has not been seen or it has not been heard. Let it now be that the idea that you have is great and you don't want to take it. Then you have to go and create your own table. I won't lie to you. Yo, what's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Millionaire Podcast. This is still the Becoming series and on today's episode, I have a special guest with us. He's an entrepreneur and he has different businesses, but everything is under Flick HQ. So he's here to come and share his journey into entrepreneurship and to also just give us a words of wisdom, basically from his whole journey in his entrepreneurial journey, basically. So what's good? I'm good, Chris. Thank you for having me. What introduce yourself to my audience? I mean, to my to my audience here. I don't know who you are. Um, my name is Azikiwe Emmanuel, uh, popularly known as Priest, and um, I'm the creative director and founder of Flick NG and Flick Management. So that's that's all. That's all. <laughs> what, what, special introductions, <laughs> but but first of all, like I, I don't I don't I don't know this, and I've never even asked. Where did you get that name, Priest, from? Like, how did it come about? Bro, I think it was my SS2 or SS3. Um, so if you don't know, I went to I went to Fit Academy, and I was I was the head boy. <laughs> I was the head boy, and. <laughs> I was this very charismatic guy that, you know, like, apart from just being the head boy, like, I could just carry a crowd, like, I knew how to just talk to a crowd, both when it comes to, like, just maybe interactive sections or even standing up to come and preach. <laughs> I used to preach very well. So, my chaplain really liked me and, do you, like, do you, you miss know, the way? I, I don't think I missed the way. <laughs> So like I used to, I used to get spontaneous this thing. Oh come and give uh, fifteen minutes charge, you know. So like from there, like I now won, um, I won uh, a preacher of the year or something like that. I can't remember Jeez. what it was, but like I shared one something about like you know spirituality of the year. And then from there, like my friends just started calling me priest, bishop, and then that particular name priest just stuck from that time. Like, I mean, a lot of people sometimes don't even know my name, just know me as Priest. And I think it's fine. I think I even just have to adopt the name now because yeah. even my mom calls me Priest. Are you serious? Yeah, my mom calls me Priest. So, it's, ah, this is something that's dated back to like what's well, going to like eight years now. Yeah. So, the name that has stuck, even when I tried to like kind of like rebrand, I changed my Instagram handle like one or two times to my surname. Yeah. It wasn't really slapping. You know, it wasn't really hitting. So, I just left it and I mean, so just became, well, a, just became yeah. a name that just became part of you. It basically. just became a name part of me since then. That's very nice. That's very nice. So, um, I want to kind of, I know, the, I know the different things you're into now, but I wanted you to take us back to the very beginning when you even entered into anything entrepreneurial or creative. So, like, I wanted to know right from secondary school or before secondary school, were you always doing any kind of business or were you always doing anything that has to do with creativity apart from maybe the preaching that you were doing? Um... So back in secondary school, no, not that I can remember. I, I don't think I did anything like really creative, but I always knew that, oh, like I'm going to actually do something that would like be massive kind of. And I always watched my mom. My mom is a banker, but she always had this flair of like dipping her hand into different 
things like so just watching her like from time like oh this woman is a banker she works in 95 but every time like she's always like oh what's the next thing that we can do to like Make add money. to income do you understand it was so many things the time like she sold food stuff. There were times when she would sell clothes from the boot of her car. There were times when she even like made us to get um, some packaging machines and started supplying popcorn. Like it was those many things. So like I always saw that business like entrepreneurial spirit from her, and I just knew that oh, I didn't know whether I was going to do business, so, but like I just knew that you like I'm actually going to create something. At yeah. that time, I didn't know what it was until like I actually got into school, university, at my hundred level. Yeah. Like that was when I started like discovering the paths that I knew I was going to take. Okay, that's very nice. That's very nice. So, you that to you? Yeah. Did you want to that to you normally? Oh, your parents did that first. I did actually. Funny enough. Yeah, I think every guy that went to FA wanted to enter see you. I I really don't know what it was at that time that I really excited. I think maybe just coming off of the fact that you know like Fit Academy or just it just seemed like. There didn't really seem like too many options of like good schools at that time. Like, Covenant just seemed like okay, a nice place. And I heard so many horrible stories, though. Yeah. But even though like some of them were very untrue, obviously, like, oh, they used to flog them and that. But like, I don't know. I don't know if they are still like, oh, I like Bishop Ejipo. So I was like, okay, maybe this will not be such a bad idea to actually just go to this place. You know, so I actually put myself up there that, yeah, I was actually going to go. And couple with like the environment and security mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Exactly. And my yeah. parents liked Western education a lot. So, like, I was going to go to somewhere in the West Ghana yeah. school. Yeah, I can get that. I get that. So, when you now started, like, uh, when, when did you decide to? Can you started with Flick Clothing? Or what, did you do anything before Flick Clothing? No, no. How did you even uh, decide to start that? Yeah, so, okay, so no. I started off as um, a normal guy that was just interested in fashion. Okay. You know, in school, I do communal university back in those times we used to have um um freshers night or something. Like freshers, you know, freshers, freshers, freshers list. Yeah. On Sundays used to be slay Sundays yeah. or something like that. After second service you come out and take, take pictures. pictures. It was so mad. So like you see people with their different colorful outfits and everything, like it really prompted you to like dress your best. Yeah. So like that was how I actually started off. I, that was like my second semester of hundred level. I was like, oh, I wanted to do something. I like I looked to I looked to a lot of guys that were like that 400 and 500 levels and like oh I liked what they were doing on their pages I was always stalking them like seriously like and you know that time I didn't even know that what I was doing was just I was just imposting them because yeah. I remember that oh I saw Larry Shonubi and his whole drive towards being uh, an OAP yeah. and I was like ah, maybe I should be an OAP. You know, I was still trying to figure everything out. I was yeah. like, maybe I should be an OAP. And I remember that time that he was he did this hashtag TLS, the Larry Shunubi. I mean, I did um, hashtag TEA, the Iman <laughs> Like, it was so crazy. Like, I just wanted to just do something and just be known for something. Like, I was like, you like, I know that I'm not ordinary. Like, I, I have to do something. So, after I got over that whole phase of thinking that I was going to be an OAP, like, I discovered that, oh, one Sunday, I just actually wore an outfit that actually looked nice. I just wore a two-piece white and a blue hat with like a pair of blue mock straps. And then I took a picture and then you know I got some nice few comments of my small followers. Yeah. And it was really just from there that I now discovered that oh I actually like this thing fashion. Like I like putting clothes together, you know, if not just for myself but like on other people. So I now started styling as well. 
So there were college dinners and events within school that people needed to go for. And I started putting outfits them for them at the time and like looking out for you know fashionable things that I was going to do. Yeah. And it just evolved into me now deciding that I wanted to have a clothing line. Yeah. And I looked at it like within my level, there was nobody else. There was only one other guy that actually started after me. Yeah. You know, so it was really just like two of us that had clothing lines in our level. So like I, I decided that oh I was going to have a clothing line and then you know like I I got back home that holiday and I remember hearing my dad say, oh, that he knows, like, how Covenant University students, like, he's heard stories of how they, they are very, like, entrepreneurial, that he's not seen that sign from me. And I was just like, ah, this man doesn't know that I actually have plans. <laughs> so I just said, ah, if you don't tell him, you won't know. So yeah. I just, I just spoke out. I said, yo, dad, I want to do clothes. I want to make clothes and sell, like, this is how things behind it. Said, ah, okay doesn't sound like a bad idea you just ask me like how much do you need for the whole thing and where can we source materials who's going to be the tailor do you have your designs ready and i think he, he gave me a loan of like 30k and then went to market got materials i called up my tailor showed him the designs i wanted to do and that was pretty much how um fleet clothing started you know so i got back to school like after the holidays I did a full campaign, she called photographers, you know, in a little way, just put together two, three models, called a photographer, looked for some nice locations within school, and then we did, we just did a shoot, put it up on Instagram, and then, you know, what toward, or rather, mouth to mouth, marketing as well, and told people that, you, this is what I'm doing now. And from there, like, that was how Flickering just started, and I started styling people as well. Yeah, that's nice. First of all, I didn't ask earlier. Where how did you get the name Flick? So the name Flick. <laughs> so this is this is actually a backstory that I don't think I've been told anybody like in the longest time. So when Flick started, Flick was actually a team of eight people. Okay. So I had um a couple of friends on the team. I had a babe that was going to be a shoe designer. Because it was, it, it was going to be, it was not just going to be, it was going to be a full line, just like the way Fenty is, you know, like that kind of, just like the way Dior is, bags, shoes, you know, even perfumes. It was going to be a whole range of items, it was not just going to be clothing. Yeah. So, like, I had the girl that was doing the, going to the shoe design, I had this person that was going to handle social media, I had this person that was going to do this. And that, so, like, it was a full team, and we used to have team meetings, oh, how can we, like, blow this brand up, and then... We're coming across the names, and one of the guys just said, "What a flick! It's just, it's just shorts. It's, it's simple, and it means something unique." It was like flick, flick, okay, but like I think flick that time was like, um, was it? Was it? It wasn't spelled the way it is now. It wasn't F L I Q? So we just had to just flip that, you know, the last word and turn it to a Q. Okay. And you know, I was he was the one who suggested it and he was he was telling me, you like this thing with mad, don't worry, like it's going to be a full ass company. Yeah. He will even want shares in the company when yeah. we even take over. I was like, Okay, okay, no problem. So like I was really getting love ginger from them. So like the team of eight people, you know, but I think as as school work and life began to drag on, you know, yeah, so no longer... just, yeah, they weren't as, you know, invested as I was. So everybody just had to at different times just 
everybody started dropping off. It wasn't anything anybody even vexed over. Yeah. It was just okay, just natural. Life just happened. Basically. Life just happened basically, and everybody just moved on from me. And I just knew that okay, this was still my idea from the beginning, and it's something that I wanted to do, and I just had to carry it. I think I think that's one thing we do things with people sometimes. At times, it can be difficult to have people that will have the same drive yeah. as you or are ready to stay for the nobody, nobody really sees the vision as much as the visionaire. Yeah. Nobody that's just the truth. Because it's hard. Like, I, I know I spoke with this guy too sometime, I think last year, spoke with Ayo. And he was telling me about how he also had co-founders too and they fell out. And basically because all of them had their own different um, ideas towards mm-hmm. this thing. But him that started the brand knew what he wants. But someone else is thinking about something differently. So when it comes to either his co-founder or co-host or anything, co-anything, like yeah. if you don't have people that are ready to um, um, understand your vision and help you to achieve it, it's going to be very difficult right. to even go forward. Right. So you started clothes, free clothings. Yeah. You you started dropping out, dropping clothes. You read about how you were able to get people to buy the clothes. You were doing like mouth to mouth marketing and things like that. So during that period when we were doing that that whole clothing um, stuff, were you facing any kind of challenge? Especially the fact that you're in school doing this thing, like outside school. What kind of challenge were you facing during that period of free clothing? Okay. Um. So I mean, initial challenges were. I have these clothes already made. You understand? So this is literally money tied down. If I'm not able to sell off these clothes, I can't recover the money that I used to make them. So the clothes weren't probably selling as fast as I wanted them to. So those were like initial challenges. Because if I'm able if I'm not able to sell this out, how am I going to be able to get the money to to make yeah, to make another collection and put it out the way I wanted to. So I think that was like the very first big challenge that I encountered that was like, oh wow, I didn't really anticipate yeah, I didn't I didn't have any skill in that to anticipate that. So um also knowing the way uh communal university was very restricting. I mean we can't just look up and leave school the way we wanted. So if I had an idea for a shoot I wouldn't be able to probably execute it to the fullest. I just need to make use of the resources available around to be able to just put it out the way anytime, you know, anyhow I wanted. And, you know, so that that was like, that, I think that was like a very major challenge that I just like, um, I anticipated, or rather, I didn't anticipate, sorry, yeah. and the whole, you know. I think, that, I think that's one, that is one challenge within business that is product based. Yeah. Is that except maybe I did something like dropshipping where you collect the money first and other it maybe something that you have to produce the pro- you have to have the product yeah, first. It might it might it's risky kind of because if you don't sell like your money is gone. And you know and that thing is like if it, it, I think basically you might actually need to go through that phase because from that phase you are able to discover okay this is my best seller this is what people like a lot yeah. this is what I need to keep sticking to and yeah. producing and then after that you now get other ideas like oh i can actually do um made to measure i can do based on pre-order yeah because sometimes funny enough like this is how it even works abroad and you might not even know like literally they will tell you based on pre-order is your money that you are pre-ordering with that they are going to go and use to go and take to a factory in china to produce your stuff on that two days before you know when they put set for your shipping date they produce another two days 
and just pack everything and just rush it down to you and next minute sold out so there might not even be any anything on ground yet yeah. you know they might just produce that sample piece initially or they don't have a just, graphic picture of the thank clothes. you and they'll just go and mass produce everything into period like is after that period i began, began to think outside the box i began to know that there are actually other means that i could actually use apart from you know having my products fully on ground you know and just stressing myself and thinking oh am i going to get the money to make the next one and the next one and the next one well, at this time, like, did you have anybody that you were even looking up to or something that was kind of guiding you in that space? No, no, I didn't. I didn't have any any uh, mentors. I just had people who, like I said, like I regularly stalk people's Instagram a lot to see how they were doing this thing. I would scroll down down to their first posts on Instagram to see how they started, how the journey went. Yeah, you know, and I think that's one thing that's is really missing in in some people's journeys. Nobody really wants to sit back and learn and understand how some people just think oh people just came up and started hitting the big. It's really not like that. So like for me personally, in a couple of people from coming that I saw that were really making it out there. Like I I know how like I really understood their journey. I would Google them, I'll check out the events they were going to, I would see like who they worked with, who how did try to work with this person you know try to connect their stories together yeah. that kind of thing that's really what i was doing and then from time i actually would reach out to them from time to time you know well most times oh where are you oh i'm not being in lagos there's a ton of oh um uh, can you come for so so thing now oh i'm in school so school Just, was more or less like a it was a it was a hindrance because like when you have that serious fuel and passion to do this then it's just like ah, and then yeah, couple with, couple with, couple with the school while like, so yeah, yeah. Coupled with the, exactly with the whole engineering problem, it was just like this thing was really just a serious hindrance to what I really wanted to do at the time, you know. But how I tried to find a way around it was basically because um, I still stayed with my parents at that time yeah. in Asaba. So like before I would go back to Asaba, like during the holidays, I would take two weeks and stay back in Lagos, and I would just save and plan and say okay. Um, these two weeks like what am I doing every single day I would map out on my calendar this is where I'm going I'm linking up with this person I'm taking this meeting with this person I'm organizing these shoots I'm going for this event to network with Susan so people I'm going for this seminar to learn so literally maybe out of like that 14 days I would only use the weekends to go and chill and link yeah. up with my friends but the rest periods I would want to actually be in a learning process so that when I would come back to school or, or whenever I've left Lagos I'll be able to implement or like have more knowledge than the previous time when I, I was there yeah. so like that's how I was doing it so I was able to now link with those people who had reached out to you know some of them in the fashion industry like um, Henry Duku that time he was um the stylists at Guardian newspaper and magazine, like Guardian, that time, like they were really doing massive stuff. Like they used to, they used to do a whole cover spread of you know popular um, and, uh, stars. Newspaper, yeah, exactly. Do that their pullouts yeah. that they were doing in the newspaper. So Henry was Henry was so friendly. Henry would tell me, oh, okay, um, if I had any outfits, there was one time um, Henry would hit me up. He he told me, yo, like um, he's styling. Bonner boy, he told me he was standing Bonner boy, and I was in Asaba, and he was like, "Yo, do you have any outfits that I could use today to style Bonner boy? You know, he's big and everything." And I was like, "Yo, I'm not even, in, I'm not even in Lagos," and it was so painful because that was going to be like a huge break. I mean, 
Imagine Brother was going to wear my yeah. outfit and at that time I was still in probably I think I was like maybe at 200 level that time. Yeah. Like it was going to actually be a big deal. So like Henry was one of the first few like fashion industry people that were like really, really supportive. I'd go to his house, you know, would would talk, he would give me one or two advice and then, you know, before he eventually like stopped working at Guardian and he had he started his own brand and he's I mean he's doing pretty well as well for himself. You know, so yeah, like that. That was that was that was how it was for me at that at that time. That was nice. So after after free clothing, now what did he start doing next? Because at some point he kind of slowed down on it and focused more on something else. Yeah. So um, I did I did uh, um, free clothing. You know, I rebranded, put it as Flick NG because at that time I think I'll just say the vision was now getting broader. So, clarity, I yeah, I knew this thing was going to expand. Um, I took some courses on, on web design and web development, graphics design as well, because, you know, I was, I was I was doing computer engineering. So I was like, oh, I don't really want this thing to waste. And I mean, I like things like on software and like tech and all of that. So I was like, I want to do Flick Digital. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's still coming, by the way. So I want to do Fleet Digital, you know, and I was like, if I'm doing that, then I want to make this to be like a group of companies and everything should be on an umbrella and Fleet will just be the umbrella. So there's going to be different segments. And then, boom, this was fast forward. 2020, COVID happened. And COVID happened, people were not really going out. So there was really no need for clothes like that, you know few people that I've had still supporting me, you know, were my friends abroad that were ordering clothes, you know, and I mean, that was, that was pretty good because, I mean, by the time you come back, go back to Naira, I mean, I, I was still okay, I not like anything, I was, I was like still at home, everyone was at home, you know, nothing much to really do, so, but, as COVID happened, blessing just came in disguise, so, I was, I was literally at home that day, and then, I got a call from Quick Steph. You know, we, we were friends for the longest time and she just was like going on and on about like how work has been like choking her and like how she needed, you know, help and structure. You know, she's not been able to like arrange bits of herself because, you know, she has to go to Abuja tomorrow. She has to be here for a shoot. She has to be on set yeah, here. Yeah, because an influencer and everything. Cause she, yes, because she was an influencer. She had just started the whole influencer lifestyle. And then with COVID, these guys were really the ones making money and they were really the only avenue for people, brand, businesses, whatever, to be able to get their messages and out there. There's a lot of pressure public. on them now. There's a lot of pressure on them. Everybody was sitting at home, literally on their phones, scrolling through Instagram, scrolling through their timelines day and night. And these were the people that were seen on our screens. And we had joked about this thing, like, I think when, yeah, because like Stephanie was actually the first model I used for Flick. For Flick clothing, Stephanie was the first model that I used to model it. And that time she was nothing. Like, I think she probably had like, what, like 500 followers then. And like, people, when I put pictures out, people were like, ah, who is this fake girl? Like, uh, and they didn't know her and they didn't have any way to reach her. So they would message me and say, how can we talk to this babe? We need her for a shoot. We need her for this. And I would talk to Stephanie and say, oh, um, can you come out for this shoot? Like, do you want to do this? And, you know, it was just like that. And I remember that time, we just joked about it. I said, oh, 
let me manage you now. And we just laughed because obviously there was no, there was no solid happening. There was nothing happening. So it was just one of laugh, you know. And so just fast forward to that 2020 and when we're having that phone call. And, you know, like as we were just talking on and on, I was just like, okay, so what are we saying now? So she just said, you know what? You, we've said this thing before joking in the past. How about you come and manage me actually for real, for real? And I was like, I didn't know what I wanted to do it, but I mean, I wasn't really doing much. So it just sounded interesting. I said, okay, no problem. Let's do this thing. Yeah. And we just started like, she was in Lagos, I was in Asaba. And I started responding to phone calls. We created an email, you know, for her bookings. And uh, I would respond to people that would make inquiries. Oh, want to use Steph for this shoot? Oh, want to have to publicize this item? Want her to do this advert, do this promo? And it started like that. And slowly, like, you know, things started, you know, working well. And the the synergy was there because first of all we're yeah, friends, friends you know so we're working happily and everything and then two months later or a month plus later Stephanie was like Ima you can't be doing this thing from Asaba you have to actually come to Lagos and if you're not going to come to Lagos then we can't work together so oh. it was <laughs> there was like, that this, thread there this, this is make or break and that time they were still saying oh there's no movement within states for yeah. COVID and all of that. And flights were not going, obviously. So I had to find a way to actually do this thing. And I had to tell my parents, you know, that this is what I'm getting into. You know, so like, obviously, this is not a typical job, job description that they would understand. Like, anybody in that generation would not understand what you're talking about. Like, Imagine someone, what exactly is this person doing? Oh, social media influencer. What is a social media influencer? <laughs> you know, so first of all, I have to find a way to come to Lagos because of the COVID restriction. And then I had to now tell my parents and then I had to find out where I was going to stay in Lagos. So, I mean, within that moment, when I was just thinking about everything, I was just like, God, how am I going to do this? It becoming overwhelming. You know, it was becoming overwhelming. And then, um, we had an offer from Duke of Spades. So if you know Duke of Spades, Duke of Spades um, used to own um, Escape Club before he shut it down and then he now opened Eve After Dark, the food brand and everything. So he he said, oh, we want, we want to make Stephanie like the face of Eve After Dark. You know, we want her to be everywhere, billboard, posters, there was a serious deal. We had a lot of plans. There was going to be Face of Eve. It was going to become an online pageant competition. We had so many plans. So, like, as we were talking about it, we were just like, where is this boy that is the brain, like, <laughs> talking that we're always on group conference call with? I started doing, oh, no, I don't know. Ima has not come to the girl. And then uh, Richard was just like, Ima, you have to come to Lagos. <laughs> you have to come to Lagos. Say, what's the problem? I said, um, Richard, they are not allowing people to travel now. He said, ah, what are you saying? My brother traveled from Imo to Lagos last week through bus. They found way. Ah, don't worry, police, there's no police on the road. Don't worry. And then, as we we're just still talking, he just said, you know what? I'm going to send you money. So you have to find a way to start coming to Lagos. So, it was just, I was just like, wow. As we were still talking, you know, um, it was, I think, later that night or 
following now or something, his wife sent me 30k and you know, I called, appreciated him and all. Then now, to the main thing, where am I going to stay? You know, because now, okay, transportation is out of the way, like, but where am I going to stay? And then I called and called, literally everybody I knew, I knew in Lagos at that time, like, bro, please, can I come and stay at your place, you know? Like, just for a few weeks, let me just get things settled and going for myself, then, you know, I'll, I'll leave and all of that. Even tried to speak to one or two family friends, everybody was like, oh, their house is full, yeah. and then COVID is happening, they can't really, you know, accommodate anybody at this time. It was just the craziest thing. I had my mom make a few calls, and it was still bouncing back. And then, I really don't know why, but I called one of my friends. Somebody told me, oh, call this our guy now, Bolu. And I was not really guys with Bolu like that, but like, we're just mutual and all of that. We're not really close. And I just called Bolu. And I just explained the situation to him. I said, call me back in the evening. I'm driving. And then I called him back in the evening. <laughs> and after all the long gist, I was trying to just give him. The only thing he just said was, when do you want to come? <laughs> and I said, guy, if I can come tomorrow, I'll be happy. And he said, no problem. That the house is not for him, but it's for his friend's uncle. But like the man is chilled and he doesn't stay in the country. His, his, his wife and kids are abroad and his mind's always traveling to Abuja for government meetings and all of that. But like, there is a three bedroom also and that we can't stay. You know, that doesn't even matter. That he just try to seek permission and all of that. And then that was how accommodation yes. got settled. And then, you know, I had to come around later in the evening. I had to talk to my parents, sat them down, told them, you know, I'm not asking you guys for anything. You know, I don't say give me money. Just tell I don't me that this, I'm just telling you that this is where I'm going. I'm going to Lagos. I'm staying with this person. He said, then drop his contacts. That they asked me so many questions, you know. <laughs> and then I also used. I told them, okay, you know, I'm going to be doing IT. I'm going to use that person to do IT in one company or something. Let me just combine it so that it seem like I'm doing something very, very solid. Let's not look at I'm just wasting my time, yeah. you know. So I told them that, and it was just like, okay, okay. And then they called Bolu, and then I, I think they also called the uncle as well to like find out. We gave them a fake number to call as the uncle because, I mean... <laughs> why would you call the man? Why would you call the man? What's his business? What's his business? He was always fucking blue and my mom was like, okay. Then, no, I had her now. So... Wait, did your parents know that you gave them a fake number later? No, no. So what's this podcast? Mommy, I'm sorry, but this is podcast. So, that was, that was, that was how I made her from Asaba and I, I traveled to Lagos and, you know, the journey from there just started, you know, coming to Lagos, and this is an unconventional, you know, means of making money. I, I really had to learn on the job because it was not something that, if anybody told me the previous day that you are going to be, I was like, what are you saying? You know, so like, I had to learn on the job, had to compose very professional emails, read through contracts like in reading between the lines yeah. and understand terms and terminologies of what these people are saying because someone presenting a contract probably sent it to his lawyer already you know so i need to acquaint myself with all these things very fast on the job learned the art of negotiating properly like so that i'm not underselling my clients in any way because i know the value that we're bringing to the table you know learned a lot of things you know just Within that short space of time, I had to learn all those things. 
you know, making appearances for events, how to network and connecting with people, how to get them to do what you want and how to create some form of partnership, exchanging value. It might not even be money, but like just exchanging value that is important for both parties. Yeah. You know, so coming to Lagos and being able to learn on on, 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 on the job, you know, it's just like they say, like if you know if you wise for Lagos, you know if you wise for anywhere. Yeah. And it's actually <laughs> true, my brother, because like I don't think if you want to actually be able to stay in Lagos and be serious and pursue whatever you want to do, I think there's a chance for everybody to actually be able to do it because if you're able to put yourself out there and you know the reason why you are here, it's not as easy as I'm saying, obviously, like, yeah. it will take time, consistency and everything, but, but that's if you're intentional able to, at the same time. it has to be very intentional because you know this is what you're, you're driving at and this is what you want to get. So that was basically how I was. I was like, this is what I want to get. You know, this is what I want to do. And even with probably the last few Naira's in my account, I would go for events, I would go to go and meet Susan So person, you know, just taking even even was unnecessary meetings at the time, but you know, learning all those things yeah. too. So and people could see the synergy between me and Steph. It was not forced. We're always like happy, we go out, we eat, we post we post the people say, ah. We always they go to chop. We well, always they see this money. So it was just things like that. We we'll go to club together, you know, catch people. And when it was still time for work, we we'll still work as hard. You know, people would you'd come to my page to see what she was up to because I think people began to know that there's some things Stephanie will not post. But like you can come to my page and see some of behind the scenes of what's actually happening or where we're moving to yeah. next. So, and she was immediately gaining traction like so fast. She was moving. As a very, at a very high speed, and you know, God being God, like the person I work with, she's somebody that um, she's she's light skin in complexion, so like her complexion is very standout. It's something that she cannot just walk in somewhere, you know, know that somebody has walked in, yeah. So, and sometimes she doesn't even look like Nigeria, you know, even she though you think she she's, you even think, but when you see Stephanie speaking pigeon, yeah, you just be so surprised, like, ah, this girl, you speak pigeon, you know. So, I, 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 I was, was such an enlightening like period and everything and and i think i don't know if i've told stephanie a lot but like i know i've told her in a couple of times that like i'm very grateful because you know this is something that wasn't planned but this is something that we've come into now and is a great partnership and we're working together and i've been able to come on to and a season where like things are beginning to just bloom and open up on, on different sides for me by virtue of just two of us starting this thing together. You know, they looked at us as one kind, Bonnie and Clyde, that ah, when you see me, ah, that's quick steps manager, you know. I would get comments like that, like that's quick steps manager, you know. So I always tell her that you like I'm really so grateful like you that you put me on. And that's I, I think that's what life is all about, like putting Someone your on. friends on, like yes. Like they would say, like we rise by lifting others. You know, it's really just about making sure that your circle, your inner family, everybody's doing good, eating well. You know, and that was that was basically how the journey into talent management began. Then you now started to start your own. You know, I know you started flick management now. Yeah. Um, so um, down, I mean, down the line, when people see you. You know, you're, you're working as hard as this. I start getting messages. Oh, please, can you manage me? Oh, please, what's the process? 
to get used to be my manager. Yeah. And I was not replying because I didn't think it's that for self. Yeah. You know, that's why I always tell people that, you know, don't don't ever think that half more than half of everybody I have seen, people are just still winging it. You know, and everybody's just taking it as it comes. Nobody really has everything 100% figured out. Yeah. You know, but obviously, like I, I, I was lucky to understand what I wanted to do earlier, earlier on in life and know how the vision was going to pan out. Yeah. But like, don't ever look at everybody and just think that oh, this is all, it's all working out in the way. Mm-mm. So like, I didn't even know that I wanted to take on any other person. I was getting those messages. I was, I was not even responding to them. And then one day, I just, I just spoke to Stephanie about. It. I was like, Yo, guy, I've been getting messages where people say that I should manage them. She was just like, Ah, you don't want to manage other people. Because I also didn't know if she was going to be comfortable yeah. with it, you know, because it's, it's something personal. Like, people don't understand when you say, can you manage me? That that request, it goes beyond business. Like, I'm involved in your life. Like, I have a responsibility to know where you are part-time, to know what's going on with you. Yeah. Your mental health is down. I need to be able to get you to back to 100 so that we can continue where we're working. You know, and the fact that we're also friends, you know, I cannot now push you beyond what I know you can do. You can do, do you understand? So it's just like I'm I'm not just involved in your business life, I'm involved in your personal life as well. So that's why the word oh, can you come and manage me? That statement is so powerful because I need to literally drop my own aspirations and dream aside to build this particular person up to where they, they want, want to see themselves because you believe in me that oh that I can do this thing and I can take you to that promised land by yeah. working with me. Yeah. So I mean till today it still it still amazes me every time somebody says, Oh, bro, like I really like the work you're doing with Steph or with, uh, with Francis or so many other people or with Jennifer. Like it's, it's it's crazy to me because it's something that I was doing while I was anxious, you know. But I know I was putting in like a lot of work, but like I was doing it while anxious. I didn't even know whether I was doing the right thing properly. But then people see and they're telling me we oh, are doing a great job and it just still blows my mind like it's going like I'm just like oh, man so it was just that situation so I, I when I told Stephanie she was like I don't want to manage that but I was just like oh I really don't know I was like ah, I think you should do it too and I said okay so I just started thinking about it from that time thought about it for some months and then I didn't know who the perfect synergy was yet. So at that time, I was already talking to Jenny Frank. Jenny Frank was already becoming the biggest thing on TikTok since TikTok happened to Nigeria. I was already talking to Jenny Frank and I was like, yo, let me manage, you know, let's talk about this thing. How can we start this? So that conversation was happening on the side. And then one day, Stephanie just brings me up and says, oh, one of her friends um, is looking for a manager. And the girl is really good as well. I sent me a profile of Francis Tudor and I was like, okay, this seems interesting, yeah. you know. So we all went out, you know, took a meeting with her, you know. Uh, Stephanie was there all through this type of the way she was like, talk, like, just do this, do this. I was like, okay. You know, so I, I spoke to her, we took a meeting, we found out, okay, this is what you're trying to achieve. Because like, before I talk to any client, like, I try to make you understand something, you know. It's talent management. I'm not an agency. Okay. I'm not responsible for making sure that jobs come in every single day. No, that's not my job. If you want that, go and look for an agency that will be supplying you jobs. I'm here to be the structure, the backbone behind this brand. 
to make sure that you rise to the next level. And obviously, doing every other thing that a manager has to do in respect to the calls, email, all of those things, you know. So, we spoke, you know, agreed terms, called our lawyer, dropped a contract, you know, we both signed. And that was how I took up my second client. For you know, me and Jennifer was, were talking. Oh, okay, at the time, like you know, positions were already assigned on her, on her ends as well. So we just had an agreement that okay, I would manage her trailer. Yeah. You know, so that was what was available. So then I took up that one as well. So as I was doing all of this, I realized that I think it's better to put everything into an umbrella as well, just like I had originally planned. Yeah. So at that time, I was already planning on opening up Flick Digital. So I was just like, what? Well, mm. Everything is not set on this end, but this one is already beginning to yeah. form, take formation properly. So I said, you know what? And one of my friends had already spoken to me. She was like, her name is Kumi. Kumi just said, Imano, why are you not like putting out the content and the work that you are doing? Like we are working with these people. Like why are you not, why are you not putting it out? You should put it out. Because why not bring why not bring a brand around? Exactly. What you why do? was I not bringing a brand around what I was doing? You know. So I said. I think that actually makes sense. So, so I started talking about it. Uh, I brought out like three names. Everything was I had like Flick under Asha. But then at the end of the day, Flick management was the one that stuck the most for me. So I immediately dropped the um, strategy around the whole thing. Like when we we're going to launch, how to do the logo, yeah. put on flyers, everything, make sure everything was intact with my clients, let them know that, oh, this is the new phase that we're about to enter now. That's now a management company, you know, that I'm definitely going to be housing more people under here. And registered with CAC, set up company, account, everything, you know, to make sure that this was fully professional thing. Yeah. Set up our website, all of that. And then basically just doing it afraid and anxious, not really knowing how the thing was really going to go. Um, it was in September last year, and I just put it out. Freak management launching in three days. The response was just crazy. You know, already started getting messages from people at that time. Yeah. Oh, how was the process on joining Freak management? How can we be part of it? You know, and just started building this thing from there. And for from 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 then on out, I knew like what I wanted to do. Like, because I put this structure in place. Like, from then I started seeing people trying to replicate what I was doing. Oh, wow. I wasn't bothered because I knew that it could never be this. Like, because I didn't have the vision. Yeah, and if you are trying to catch up with me, like, you, like, I'm actually 10 steps ahead because I'm going to leave that thing and I know another thing that I'm going to do that's going to blow your mind. Like, yeah. The platform that next thing I want to do. Like, it's yeah. not just this thing that I have seen now. There's another step ahead that I'm, yeah. I'm about to take on. You know, so, like, I saw that people were trying to replicate. And I, that's when I obviously knew that oh, the work I'm doing is good. Yeah. You know, it looks nice. Check the branding out. It's 100. So, i so happy that I actually took that step because just a few months later, like two, three months later, Stephanie had to travel to Australia to go see her family. Yeah. And I knew that this was something that was going to stall our Nigerian yeah. business a bit. You know? So just imagine I didn't take on that step yeah. to like, you know, take on more people. It would have really taken a drag on the business. So 
it was something that was very very intentional that oh i have to build a structure around this whole thing and still up till now I'm still putting a lot of other things in place Wow, it's, it's, it's honestly very crazy how far you've gone, honestly, especially in the management side, because I know when you kind of slowed down on the clothing part and came down to Lagos, and I knew the, that pre-ring in Lagos, and you know, trying to network, build your network, managing stuff, and now see you manage other people, mm-hmm. and I'm becoming a big boy in the street <laughs> of Lagos. But, but like, you've basically given us your journey. So let's start asking some like more in-depth questions. Things okay. like, okay, first of all, people have been hearing the management, 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 and I'm sure you've seen these other people too, that the old person yeah. is my manager. But there might be some creatives here. First of all, do you think that every creative needs to have a manager? Or do you think they can do everything themselves? I personally think it's up to the person, okay. the individual. Because if you feel like you can do everything on your own, then why not? Okay. But it will come a time that it will become overwhelming for you. That's what I feel. Like, you need to probably solely focus on the creative aspect and leave out every other thing aside for somebody else to handle, to take on that, that, that responsibility and that role. Yeah. Because you want to make sure that you're putting out your best on the creative side, the reason why people actually know you. Yeah. You want to keep giving your audience that interesting and interactive whatever that you guys are trying to do, you know. So I think, in my opinion, I'd say in you know, a lot of people, everybody that is a creative should have like should a, have a, manager. a manager, a business manager. If you don't want, maybe an assistant. Yeah. Maybe maybe people will be scared that oh maybe I cannot be able to afford you know yeah. the services at that time. But if you don't start, you never know. Yeah, I, I get that, and I, I, I think the same thing too. I think that having a manager is very very important because. Imagine, okay, just like using quick step for instance, mm-hmm. she's trying to create content. This person is, uh, this person is sending her message. Everybody sending her message. Yeah, calls Calling, here and there. You know, she's not able to even sit down to even think yeah. of what kind of content am I trying to create for this brand. So she might just get overwhelmed. And generally, it's difficult for one person to be handling all. So two, be- all, two heads are better than one. Yeah. You know, even on the content side as well. You, you, nobody, no man is an island. Like yeah. literally, like you can run out of ideas and 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 you know. Yeah. yeah, definitely. As you grow yeah. in creativity, at a point, you have to start hiring content. These things, creators, yeah, scriptwriters, and everything that will help you out so because you need somebody to actually also help you to be spurring your creativity. True, true. So, but let's now ask now. You as a manager, what you 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 given a bit of what your role is as a manager, but I need to like you know give us more details on what a manager does for a creative. You kind of thing a manager does, and you said something about it being different from a talent agency. Yeah. So like. Explain to us what the manager does and explain to us how the, how it is different from a talent agency. Okay, so, I mean, basically, so, um, a talent manager is, is really someone who is there to direct the affairs of the talent. Okay. You know, business-wise, and like I rightly said, like taking them to, you know, the next phase of whatever, you know, peak industry where they are going to. Yeah, they are going to. They are, they are supposed to be thriving in, and you know, the roles can cut across so many spheres. You know, for me personally, I I try to always have that uh, friendship with my clients because I think it's important to be friends with somebody. I think maybe it makes it easier. 
Some people might not want to do that because they feel like maybe it's not so professional. But then again, it depends on that person because if you don't know how to keep your pleasure aside from business, yeah. then you would actually mix them together. But I have been able to so far successfully Balance. keep yeah that that professional line and the friendship line like aside. You know? So I like to be there like physically when I can for my clients, for my talents, you know, if they are having any sort of engagement, events, even when they are just creating, maybe even in the comfort of their homes, just to be there, give them that extra amount of support. Oh, I don't think this is going to turn out so great like this. Do it like this. Okay. Down to the less things of maybe even selecting the next content that goes out, how it's arranged, even from the way you see it on the physical presentation. Yeah. I try my best to be involved in all of that. Some people see it as disturbance, like, ah, why are you disturbing me? This, this one is not even bringing me money, so why are you even disturbing me? But you know, your your talent sees all those things, and like, if you don't want to be involved in that, you just want to be all about just taking their money. Money and just doing this. You know, you don't really last so long, that person. If a better deal comes around and somebody's trying to turn their eye and say, come and sign with me, they begin to look away from you, and you don't want that to happen. Okay. So th- that's that's you know talking on on the rules. Now when I say that you know time management company is different from from an agency. Now there's so now what people don't understand is the fact that now agencies mostly what I'm talking about agencies they are mostly marketing agencies. Okay, then obviously they are like modeling agents and all of those things. So. Agencies are basically in charge of being the bridge between marketing solutions and those brands that want to reach out to the influencer market. Now, it is we now, the managers, that now need to be friends with those agencies because these are the guys who put our names up to their their clients as those brands to say, oh, we think this person can... Is a good fit for the brand, though. Yeah. So brands approve monies to agencies to reach out for influencer marketing, which is just one sector of you know market. marketing that yeah. they do. Obviously, there's TV, there's billboards, there are events that they want to do every year. So influencer marketing is just one part of what they do. You know, so these agencies they reach out to us and tell us, oh, we want X, Y, Z amount of deliverables. Tell us what's going to cost your record. How we're going to do this. Which and which people do you think would be a good fit for this thing? We make our recommendations, we do our submissions, all of that. So that's why you can see the clear difference now. Agencies are in direct you know, communication with the, brand. with the brands and they are into mostly marketing. Yeah. Now that's for like marketing agencies. Now coming to modeling and maybe let's say influencer agencies. These are the guys that are now going to be in charge of, like, they just use the word hustling to make sure that your name is in that, is in that place. Yeah. To make sure that at least once a week, twice a week, you have work that you're doing. You never run short of jobs to do. So basically, basically what you're saying is that is the brand first, then the marketing agency. Then down to exactly. the other agencies on that the exactly. modeling or influence. Exactly. That's really just mostly how the structure is. But God being God and like for the fact that I was 
able to be that's why I see networking so important for me being able to have built my network I have a lot of agencies as friends I have these guys that would now make sure they now make me look like I'm an agency you know okay. it's now me that has determined that that's not what I am but obviously like by virtue of me being able to connect with these people yeah. personal level and all of that I've now been able to say okay my clients have to be on your list no matter what any campaign or whatever that is happening you guys you know my people they need to be there if you need any more recommendations you still come to me so okay. now I now become that bridge for them okay you know so it still now favors my people because at the end of the day you're getting them jobs I'm still not getting them jobs when I could have as easily relaxed and said oh I mean it's not part of our duties it's not part of what we signed in our contract it's something that I can just sit back and my talents already have amassed a following they've amassed you know an audience whereby people just reach out to us we don't need to reach out to anybody okay. you know oh, that's alright that, that makes sense that makes a lot of sense so but but does it then mean that there are no influencers that maybe go directly straight to the brand yeah they are Okay. There are a lot of influencers that do that. But I think most times... Brands don't want to work directly with one person. They want to work with like a company or something. Like no, there are, there are brands that would, would like that. You know, it's 50-50. Okay. Some brands will turn you down because they will not... They, they get a lot of those kind of requests every day. Yeah. You know, so they would not readily accept. Then the ones who would actually accept might not take you up on a paid offer initially until they see the turnover that you are going to give them after the first initial trial or whatever. So it's going to be more commission-based now? It will probably be commission-based or just product-based, just collaboration. Then okay. after that time, if they see the value that you are able to offer, then you can now push yourself and pitch further and say, okay, I've done this for you guys. You've seen the result of what my people, my audience can do or whatever my platform can provide you people. Now, let's talk money. Okay, okay, that makes sense. So, let's talk about money now in your management <laughs> this thing. Like, wh- what is the money like when it comes to, you know, someone being a manager of a creative? Um, so, you know, this is, there, there, there can be times, I mean, it's entrepreneurship at the end of the day. Yeah. A, a 9 to 5 guy in an oil industry, most likely any more than me, you know, let's not even deceive ourselves. Yeah. And say this thing, like, Probably any like 350, 400k, 500k, you know. And it's constant. And it's constant. And it goes up. Too. I can stay and not make any money in a month. Because why entrepreneurship or because why no gigs came in that month. But be scared of entrepreneurs. Why? Because if I stay traveling when I don't make any money, I could probably make times two the following months. Or more. Or more. You could never know. Like, it could be such a great month, I'll just make a ton. So, um, I mean, if you're talking of um, the influencers, I mean, influencer marketing is greatest. I won't lie to you, there's a lot of money, especially for the influencers. They make it a, a ton of money in such a short period of time. Like, you amass so much following and yeah. you, you make so much money within a short period of time. Depending on how wise you are with your, your, your spending and all of that, yeah. it's something that you can live off of. Like and feed yourself properly, and you don't have to beg anybody for anything, you know. So, and that's another problem that happens with them. A lot of them, 
it tends to get to their head very fast. You know, when you make that amount of money, you know, lifestyle they forget how they started. They begin to forget, you know, that there are a lot of things that you might even want to do, maybe based on portfolio wise. Like, okay, this is a good look for my brand. Let me work with these people. They would rather decide to look at the money, and I've come across a lot of them. Like, oh, if they are not paying. 2 million 1.5 don't don't bring it to my table i don't want I get you know that. so that's for them for an artist manager um for a talent manager rather sorry um it's also good pay because depending on the your agreement you know exactly how the amount your 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 okay. your client is getting you know the more for you for me is is based on percentage that's how i work with all of my clients is a percentage based you know I, i'm not doing a salary with them some managers might be doing a salary, I do not know. But like for me, the way my own business is structured, I, I structure it based on a percentage with my own clients. For the for each gigs, right? For each, yeah. For okay. each gig that we, we sign or whatever. Okay, that makes sense. So I'd like to then know like what are some of the kind of struggles that you face? I know you've spoken about one where you might not get mm-hmm. a gig in a month. Maybe the brand is not ready to do any kind of marketing that month. Then Apart from that, what other kind of challenges do you face? <laughs> a lot. A lot. Has there ever been a time when maybe a brand um, has given out a job and they'll be like, you know what, I'm not doing it again? Yes. Serious. And they'll tell you to turn back yes. the money. And <laughs> obviously, refunding is probably the hardest thing because what if you're eating what the money? Exactly. <laughs> what? Is, wow. I've faced so many challenges in talent management because... The brand is looking to you as the enabler. You are the link between them and your and your client, your talent. So if your client has not delivered what they are supposed to deliver on the timeline that has been assigned, they are looking to you as to know why this thing is not happening now. Yeah. You know, tempers can start to rise. Like this was not the agreement, my guy. What's going on? You, on the other hand, you're also trying to find out from your client why the job has not been done. Yeah. You gave a specific timeline or oh, we're supposed to do this for a certain time and your mentor submitted it. Why haven't you done that? And then, that's just one. Two, there could be times when you've submitted content now. They don't, they don't accept it. They say it's not. They don't accept it. They say it's not to their taste. Oh, fine-tune this. I did this. Cut this. I'll do this. Now, your time might say, why why i'm tired i can't do it again i can't redo this thing again what how do you want to go back to the brand start telling them oh you're kind of saying you can't do it but you know that's why i said a lot of, a lot of influencers actually need to be re-educated on you know, what exactly what me. brands need from them from different sectors because you know as as influencers they work with different sectors they work with artists they work with actors they work with brands like coke pepsi you know Different brands, different, different type industry. of brand, different industries. You understand? So I think they need to get re-educated from the, the different um, executives in those industries and tell those executives to come and tell them, yo, this is what we expect from you as an influencer when we want to work with you. You know? So it's, 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 it's crazy because then you're now trying to see, you're trying to push to the limit to see how you can actually get your clients to redo this thing that these people want, satisfy the brand and also make sure that you are not stepping on the toes of your client because your client begins to now feel like you are siding the brand yeah. and you are not meant to be doing that. You are meant to be representing he yeah. or her. True. 
you understand? So keeping that balance is very hard. That's very true. In the way of communication, you can begin to sound like as if oh you are supporting the brand and you're not supporting her because you want to know why why are you telling me oh I must do this thing? Like tell these people that I can't do it. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. So I understand. there's also that. So this now then goes back to why you should now have some kind of rapport. So you now to not talk to them. Exactly. So like this goes down to like having the experience in like negotiating conversations, you know, having to know how to slowly ease people and also make them to see your side of things. For instance, if if, if, if my client is saying that I she or she cannot redo the video, I have to find a way to convince the brand to say, you this way this video is there's a way this thing can work look at it from this point of view you know is if they are also not now convinced that it's going to work for them that way then we have to now find a mutual ground and say okay this is how this is going to work for us okay okay so the last thing i want to now ask because i think time's really running now yeah. but last thing i want to ask now because you've mentioned it countless number of times on this podcast now you've talking about networking that mm-hmm. was something that you started with that's something that helped you over the course of your career and that, I think that's something that can help any creative, definitely, because yes. that's the only way you can put your name out there. Yes. But I need to now know, how are you, like, when you, when you, when you talk about networking, how do you network? How do you meet these people? What kind of conversations do you have with them? And things like that. So nobody wants anybody that's going to be a leech. Nobody wants somebody that's not going to offer them value. So when you're meeting these people, you have to have it at the back of your mind that you're not coming here to come and beg for favors, to come and say, oh, uh, uh, Oga, please. Um, I I do this thing, you know, like uh, I'm I, I I'm trying to build my following on my content. Okay, please, can I work with you? Mm-mm. They don't really want to hear all of those kind of things, you know. They want to see that you're already sharp on the game that you're already on. Do you understand? You know, so. For me, when I walk into some kind of place and some kind of music, I try to make sure that I'm on my A game. Like, you look at me, you know I'm not begging. Like, I'm not here to beg you. Like, I'm not hungry. So I dress the part, speak the part, and I know, oh, there are one or two things that I need to drop to this person now for him to know that, okay, I'm not here to mess around. I'm actually here to offer you value. Yeah. And you would see it in my point of view. So when I, when I talk about networking, I'm talking about, not just networking with people that you have to network and research according to your industry, your sector. Oh, you're into fashion. Know the top fashion designers. Yeah. How do you want to work and collaborate with them? How can you offer value? How good is your work? You are going into talent management. Who are the top talent managers in different spheres, in music, in acting? Yeah. You know, how have they been able to take their clients to this level that they are? you understand what I'm saying? Mm. So you need to, it's not just coming out in the talk with, okay, you now, you're a fashion designer, you now can start talking to somebody that works as a marketing executive for cook. It's not, maybe, maybe not, not like they might not have something, maybe if you want to, you have to find a way to to merge everything. Mm. Now maybe if you want to talk to a marketing executive in Coke now, you have to know that, okay, maybe you want to have an event, a clothing pop-up one cook to come and sponsor it so you need to always be thinking outside the box like if i'm talking to this person how am i actually making this to be a meaningful conversation or how am i going to impact value on this person and also get something from them in return i'm not just going there to just go and make talk if not it's best you just leave them alone you know 
So, but what, 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 what happens with creatives that just started something and and let's say they're not really like for example now someone like Quickstep, if you wants to go and meet somebody, talk to the person, she already has something to offer. Yeah. Gets. But someone that maybe just has one K followers, even less, or it might not be an influencer, it might be a different crazy that just started something and is still growing. Like me now. What how how do you now approach this kind of people? If you want to sponsor anything or if you just want them to, you know, do anything. Yeah. I mean you 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 have to be at the position where you have a great idea. It's just that your your idea has not been seen or it has not been heard or whatever you want to present to them. Okay. You know. So aside from the fact that already you are building, you are trying to be very consistent with what you are what you are pushing and yeah. you are trying to build out there. Now you're approaching these people or you're approaching anybody. You have to approach them with something. That's what I'm saying, like value. It has to be value exchange. Let it now be that the idea that you have is great and they don't want to take it. Then you have to go and create your own table. I won't lie to you that that's the best thing you're going to do because we're in a city. Lagos is a city that everybody is literally on their... Everybody has their sect. Everybody has their circle. Literally, I had to find this out on my own. The fact that I would not expect... Mr. A to give me a job when he has somebody within his circle that is going to do that for him. Yeah. You know, it was happening so heavily in the fashion scene. That's why I had to take some steps back. So you need to understand that, that these people have their circles. They have their group of people. And you would see it so clearly that some certain jobs would just keep on revolving around the same people. Some people would just keep on getting grants, getting like 10,000 pounds, getting, you know, getting grants, getting jobs, getting interviews in so many places. The same circle of people. And you're wondering why. So literally, you can't force your way in, in those kind of places because they won't really accept you. Except you're willing to conform to, I don't know, whatever they are on. So, the best thing would definitely to just go out and create your own table and be on your own lane, then you would see that those people would even want to now be associated with you when they see that what you are building is great, is good. So creating your own platform. Literally, bro, nobody is going to come around until they see you are building something of value. I can tell you, like I told you, like when I step when I when I build Felix management, I start getting DMs. Before there's not, I was not getting. I was getting a few one or two requests. But the moment I built the platform, is I see people are waiting for that kind of thing to be done. The moment I built the platform, I got messages. I got requests. Oh, how can I partner with you? How can we work on this? I saw that I have somebody that wasn't even following me. I don't know how she got my number. Texted me and said, Emmanuel, I saw that you're doing this. I saw that you're building this company. How can I come in and be a part of it? I don't even know where she saw it from. So that's why I said. The, I know that the initial response was great because I saw that people who were not even like following or part of the journey, they were just very interested. They were very interested and intrigued by okay, what's this thing this guy is trying to do? So that just goes to show building your own platform, building your own team for yourself. Wow. I think what you said is very true because on times there, uh, and I've seen it so many times where you see somebody, you see a creative. 
I'm sure we know one. I don't want to his name. Yeah, there's no need to call him. But you see a creative that was not called, but was not nobody used to associate with the person before. Mm-hmm. One person just blew up. You just see a person doing some kind of uh, stuff with people that were already there before. Yeah. Yourself, like, when did the person meet, uh, you now be shocked that, oh, because the person is blown now, or the person has built some kind of platform for themselves and now associating with the person. So I think what you said is very true. Sometimes you just have to just go and build your table. Or let's maybe God just bless you and you have people that just believe in you from the very beginning. Exactly. Or maybe you have parents that can help you building that table too. But like, sometimes even if you have parents, the, body, the, the, more, the best thing they can do might just give you money. But money is not enough to, yeah. like, to like build something. Exactly. You still have to have solid, you know, value when it comes to the content that they are trying to even put out. So, I just feel like anybody that's listening to this, especially for creatives, because this is something that is coming up now. Investor marketing is is not even established. Nah, said. it's not. It's, it's still an untapped industry, now. and like we're still trying to catch up. A yeah, lot. and a lot of people can be influencers in different industries. Doesn't even have to just be only YouTubers or kit makers or something. Anybody can be an investor as far as you have the value to give to the brands that wants to yeah. do this thing. So like, I feel like this kind of conversation is something that a lot of creatives want to learn as they're coming up, and. I don't know, for managers too, like, managers too, are, are there managers that try to manage people that are not getting anything yet, like, from the very beginning, when they're just... Oh, yes, yes, they, um, you know, you know, you, you try to pick somebody mm-hmm. up and and grow the person, you know, to the point where, okay, they are now something money. Of, of record, yeah. Yeah, it's not every time that, you, if you spot, that's why you're a talent manager, you need to spot talent. Okay. And for us now, at Flick Management, we are also at a point where we're trying to diversify. You know, um, we're coming into looking in, into other sectors, not just the social media industry anymore. Looking into acting, music, writers. Yeah. You know, different Depends. types of yeah. yeah, diverse talents. Exactly. So, um, spot somebody who you know this person has That's, potential, yeah. but just needs to be groomed. Yeah. You know, just like what, uh, like Mavis would do now, you know, spot, spot uh, a new kid on the block, groom and harness that person for probably like next two years before they would now come out, so. come out and bring that person out and drop his music and you say, ah, where did this boy come from? Where did this girl come from? You don't know that they have picked that person and they've been incubating that person for a long period of time before they dropped that person's stuff out there. So yeah, that's that's the point that we're at, and yeah, that's something that as as managers, you know, you need to look out for because if you say you want to just keep on working with the established people, then you're just I don't know, you're just doing a great disservice by not trying to you know explore other other options of people who have actually not. Some people just need to be given a chance. Yeah. Once they're given that chance, they will be able to show themselves. And resources sometimes. So exactly. Like, give them the resources. Might never be money, just their Yeah, give like them the resources, give them the chance. That yeah. platform, and, and they will do amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree with what you said. And I'm very sure, like I said before, a lot of people that have listened to this now definitely have things that they will learn. And maybe they might be, they might be a creative that will reach out to you from here so to maybe mm. speak more or to maybe ask you to manage them. So, mm-hmm. if anybody is listening to this too, you can always, the, all, all the, uh, social media handles for Priest to be in the description. And you also see his website. The, 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 the kind of management has yeah, the website. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I'll put all the descriptions there for you to reach out to him and ask him questions. Or if you want to work with him, you see everything in the description. 
So yeah, thank you, Priest, for joining us on this podcast thank and coming to so give us much for having me. It was all this pleasure. wisdom. And uh, definitely for me as a creative too, I learned stuff that I have to start putting because me, I, I don't do network. I just stay from my house to do all these things. <laughs> but I've come to understand that that is the only way like, I can usually get people to, apart from just putting your work out there, it's never time that you might just blow. Yeah. And if, if not yourself, even networking online, like, I'll put that, see this guy now, a lot of Lagos, just mm-hmm. Mufasa, Tunde yeah. Edmund, that helped that, that guy. Helped him put it out, yeah. And it's not that they met physically, just online, True. just pushed out his stuff. Shooting so. your shots is also important yeah. too, it works. So yeah. that's so, a form of networking as well. Yeah, so like, both online and offline, then most you must be in Lagos per se. You can yeah. still start online first, then when you not get to that point where you can meet those people physically then. But the very, very, um, I'm very, very happy to have you here for you to tell us this whole journey, especially on that area of talent management and influencer marketing. Because I know that that's an area that you're fully focused in now. Yeah. So thank you very much. And to all my audience listeners listening to this episode, please don't forget to share, don't forget to subscribe, don't forget to also read the description to see all the details for Prince in case you want to contact him. And with that being said, guys, I will see you in my next episode.